Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And if you're just joining us, our focus here on Healing Quest is holistic wellness. And that means the latest in natural ways to help us all live longer, happier, and healthier lives. According to the most recent federal statistics, more than two out of every three adults in the U.S. are either overweight or obese. So weight control continues to be a huge health problem here in our country. You know, you heard that right. More than two out of every three adults in the U.S. Wow. Are either overweight or obese. But we may have some really good news to share with you today on that topic, and it comes from the world of microbiology. So we're pleased now to be joined on the phone from Chicago by one of the leading experts in that field. So Karen Krishnan of Just Thrive Probiotics. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. It's always good to have you on the show. Uh, You know, I believe one component of this good news has to do with belly fat, which we've long heard is a particular danger. So am I right about that? And if so, what's what's new in that area? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's it's the visceral fat, right, that we call in. And a lot of times, you know, you, you can't even see the visceral fat. It's not as visible as the subcutaneous fat, which is the fat that you find on the uh, more on the surface of the skin and the kind of fat that you'd wear all around your body. Mm-hmm. That belly fat or organ fat, as some people call it, uh, the visceral fat is is more internal than it is external. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are a number of people who may appear to be lean and yet can have a high amount of a relatively high amount of visceral fat, mm-hmm. uh, which is the fat around the belly and around the organs, even though they don't look overweight. Mm-hmm. And that particular type of fat conveys the highest risk for cardiometabolic disease, things like cardiovascular disease, diabetes you know, dementia, you know, Alzheimer's and so on. Hmm. Does that fat come from the, the same, I mean, does it come from food? Does it come from the same place other fat comes from? Or is there something unusual about it? So that, that's a really interesting question um, because presumably it comes through the same mechanisms by which we put on other fat in the body. You know, uh, poor choices in eating, um, the wrong types of foods, the lack of activity and the lack of exercise. But, but there's something a little bit more sinister about it um, mm. because it, it also conveys more disease risk. So because it has different risk, perhaps its onset is slightly different than regular subcutaneous fat as well. And that's an active area of research right now. Uh, but, you know, where it stands right now, the, the, the thinking is that some of the factors that drive that particular type of fat maybe more inflammation than even bad habits. No, well, that makes sense. It seems like inflammation seems to be the bad, the bad guy in most situations. Absolutely. You know, and, and one of the forms of, uh, of, of course, chronic inflammation, which is probably the most prevalent form of chronic inflammation, is leaky gut. Mm-hmm. And there is a significant tie to people with severe leaky gut having a much higher propensity of putting on this particular type of fat. Um, And there's numerous studies on showing that uh, people who have high risk for diabetes or who develop diabetes or people who have um, high risk for cardiovascular disease and develop cardiovascular disease, they tend to have a leakiness in their gut to begin with. And then that leakiness in the gut leads to an increased risk of putting on this type of visceral toxic fat uh, around the organs and around the midsection, and then a high level of that fat also increases the risk of those conditions. So as it turns out, likely a big driver of that type of risky fat is leaky gut and inflammation and a dysfunctional microbiome. 
So I remember months ago we talked to you about research that I think you guys were involved in, and I think North Texas State University involving leaky gut and and the way in which the spore-based probiotics that, that you've developed deals with that situation. Am I in the right category, and has there been some new development there? You are, absolutely. You know, and um, we're finishing up the study, so we've looked at about half of the participants and their data so far. Um, and what we're seeing is something really, really fascinating and interesting. And these are people that are overweight, uh, and we're not putting them on any sort of diet. We're not putting them on any sort of exercise program. They are continuing to, um, you know, have the same habits that they had that got them overweight in the first place. They are relatively inactive to begin with. So none of those lifestyle components were changed. And we put them on a probiotic, and then we also added, uh, of course, the spore-based probiotics, and then we also added a small amount of a prebiotic, a single prebiotic, something called a xylo-oligosaccharide, uh, XOS. So it's about 900 milligrams a day of this prebiotic. Our thinking was this, this combination of the spore-based probiotic and the prebiotic is enough to make the type of change in the microbiome that is associated with being leaner. So our hypothesis was if we can change the microbiome even without changing habits, can we make these people leaner? And, and sure enough, so far from what we're seeing in the data is that we're seeing a significant amount of visceral fat loss in these individuals who are not exercising and who are not dieting. And that's the most dangerous type of fat, as we talked about. So, and they're just taking a probiotic and prebiotic and not changing anything else about their lifestyle. If you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest. And we're talking with Kieran Krishnan about a fabulous new development in the world of microbiology involving a way to deal with one of the biggest health issues in this country today, and that's the propensity of overweight and obesity in the general population. One of the things that's so good about what we've just learned from Kieran is that it seems like a combination of probiotics and a little prebiotic can actually make significant changes in the microbiome to help people who, frankly, still have bad eating habits and aren't exercising enough. But this gives their system a chance to adjust and to actually reduce the amount of dangerous visceral fat that's in their body. Have I heard you right, Karen? Is that what you're finding in this research study? Yeah, absolutely. And as, as um, you know, amazing as that sounds, it, it makes sense when you start to understand the role of the microbiome in, in obesity and metabolic disease. You know, as we change the microbiome so that it looks more like that of lean individuals, it's not, it's not that shocking to think that the body changes in response to that. Now, here's the other change that we're observing that is also fascinating, is that we're seeing a very significant amount of lean muscle being put on by these subjects. And remember, these hmm. aren't subjects on an exercise program, <laughs> yeah. right? So they're, wow. They're, yeah, which is fascinating. They're putting on about nine pounds of lean muscle over a 90-day period, which is which is hard to do even when you're exercising if you're, right. if you're trying to right put on uh, muscle yes. weight and so on, and, and that was what was really surprising to us because it's totally changing the body composition. It's taking the the toxic fat away and it's increasing lean muscle. And as we dig into the literature a little bit more, you start to see that a healthy microbiome has a propensity to produce 
compounds like myokines that actually stimulate more lean muscle development in the individual because having higher amounts of lean muscle is associated with being healthier and living longer. You know, and our microbiome wants us to be healthy and wants us to live longer because we are their home. So it makes sense. Now, is this with just taking uh, two probiotics a day and and adding the, the prebiotics as well, or did you have them on an elevated dose? No, this is actually even a slightly lower dose than what, what's found in the Just Thrive. You know, this is, a, I think the total dose was a little less than a 3 billion CFUs per day dose. And then the prebiotic was about eight or 900 milligrams a day. Um, and that's it. Yeah, so it's not an elevated dose. It's not a higher dosing than, than we would normally do. Um, and most of our studies we do at the normal uh, recommended daily dose because, you know, if you start increasing the dose of studies, then it, then it takes the, the, the regular product that people have access to and doesn't allow those products to be as effective as what you're finding in the studies. So, yeah, it's the regular dose, which is what you would get out of, you know, one capsule a day, and we're seeing these types of results. So now uh, the study has to be completed. We're, we're going to look at the data of the second half of the group, and that, that should be done before the end of the year. And We are um, quite excited because we should have a what I would consider to be a fairly groundbreaking study when it comes to metabolic health. That's exciting. We love that you do so many different studies, and I think it helps the average person kind of understand uh, what's going on. It certainly has educated me. But a quick reminder, these results don't come from just any probiotic. I mean, you can't go out and buy a bunch of yogurt uh, that says it's got probiotics in it, and mostly it's mostly sugar. It's a specific kind that you guys have developed. It's called spore-based probiotics. We know them as Just Thrive, and so it's important that our listeners, if they're interested in in trying to obtain these results, pay attention to what kind of probiotic they introduce into their daily diet. That's absolutely important, and and that cannot be overstated, Roy, because uh, every probiotic is different, and they function differently. Many of them don't really function, Um, (laughs) so it's really important to ensure that the probiotic you're, you're taking has these specific functions and have been clinically shown to do so. Thank you. I think we can leave our listeners with that uh, since, we're, since we're out of time. <laughs> and I have to tell you, this is, I mean, you know, we've, we've been covering the natural health beat now for almost two decades. This could be one of the most encouraging pieces of information that we've ever heard in that 20-year period. My gosh, there could be an answer here to dealing with this huge problem of, of overweight and obesity. So this is really good news from my perspective. Absolutely. Thank you, Karen. It's always it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for your insight and this great information, and we will be talking to you soon. My pleasure. Okay. You have a great week. Thanks. You too. You know, a while ago we said in covering this beat that probiotics might be the one pill you need to take every day, and boy, is that ever the case now when I think about Even it. can also so. deal with belly fat. My gosh. Right. Well, who doesn't want that? And up next, we're going to be talking with somebody who's an expert in helping us stay resilient in our life when times get tough, which, of course, never happens. But just in case it does, you may want to stay tuned and see what she has to say. (laughs) See if that's going to help you. And don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HealingQuest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio.